This is W T M. Watch this movie. What? <laughs> How you doing? Oh, good for you. Oh, wait. Are you drinking up? First, you gotta do the trouble shuffle. Obviously, you're not a golfer. Watch a few movies, take a few notes. W G M. Watch this movie. Welcome back to a brand new episode of WTM. Watch this movie. I am Eric Mulder. My safe word is keep going. Joining me once again is Mr. Positivity, Wolfie T. I can't talk too long. I got to poo. What's up? Not much, Wolfie. What's up with you? We are recording this on National Cowboy Shit Day. (laughs) Because Hangman Adam Page won the AEW World Championship. At the Target Center this past Saturday at AEW Full Gear on pay-per-view. And I was there. You're up close, up close and personal, huh? Yeah. <laughs> we got we got right up in there in the action for, for a little bit. Had uh, Cody Rhodes and Malachi Black come tumbling over the, the guardrail right in front of us. I was yelling at Malachi to get up and help his tag team partner, but... Uh, Needed a minute to <laughs> catch his breath. <laughs> he became a part of the action. Part of the action. I was wearing his shirt. I should have told him, I'm wearing your shirt. You need to get up and do something. So that's something. I mean, <laughs> it's a debate for another day if wrestling's a sport and whatnot, because you know, if it's not left up to chance, then maybe it can't be a sport, that sort of a thing. But the fans could technically like affect the outcome. I mean, theoretically, they could because you could touch the performers, the athletes, (laughs) if you will. The only other sport like that is hockey, because in hockey, if you're right up against the glass and there's players there, you can literally push the players. You just shove the glass. You can kind of like knock them off the puck. Well, it's funny that you bring that up because there was one match on Saturday where Baron Von Raschke legendary wrestler from the state of Minnesota was mm. sitting in the front row and he put one of the active competitors in the claw <laughs> Got him in the iron claw like he did back in the day mm. you know when he was a Nazi <laughs> back when they had Nazi wrestlers he's that old <laughs> and everybody cheered <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I tweeted out a video of him. It was great. It was so good. <laughs> Big event like that. <laughs> it was uh, amazing. So if you saw if if you saw that show on TV, you've you've seen my face. I know. <laughs> you know, Eric gives me shit about trying to hide my identity, but uh, my face is all over Twitter now. <laughs> That's right. Because <laughs> of very, 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 I feel like I'm actually having a stroke. Various pictures and videos from the event are, are all over Twitter. Yeah. And uh, that's a good thing because if we end up going back on the Minute Movie Cowboys podcast, they switched to video. So your face will be on the internets. <laughs> I, I mean, I, the plus of that is. 
people will finally get to see that we're not kidding when we talk about the posters behind me at my <laughs> desk here in my home office. Yeah, I thought you might put like a green screen, like a Zoom background with like a steel cage. But you're like, no, I'll just use my posters. <laughs> the same background that you use every time we record. <laughs> and it works. Why, why does Eric get to be the only one who gets to enjoy my Norbit and No Holds Barred poster? <laughs> well, I do enjoy the one that, by, you, by, that you can barely see, the 3D poster. But that's like a Minnesota yeah, I thing. Say, I could shift, I could shift <laughs> my, uh, my camera over a little bit to get the 3D pull a little bit more in in the frame i know zoom has like uh like filters you can put over your face like uh like a fake mustache and glasses or something mm -hmm. and they'll do that there you go <laughs> although like you know my my face is obscured by this giant microphone anyways <laughs> that it is i'm sure it'll be dimly lit as well <laughs> well we'll have to record in the middle of the night because uh uh, Stu in his Australian prison. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, they're making some changes over there at the MMC. Uh, we want to thank them again for letting us come on the show. We hope you all enjoyed it, and we hope you continue to follow Midnight Movie Cowboys. Um, yeah, our horror extravaganza is over, and we're kind of transitioning into the holiday period. And uh, yeah, we're not really sure what we're going to do next. Doesn't that make it more exciting? <laughs> if you got suggestions, let us know. We will be doing, you know, at least one or two Christmas movies, but I heard there's a new Christmas movie that we got to check out. It's called Home Sweet Home Alone. Well, luckily you have Disney Plus because I refuse. <laughs> so you can watch it and report back on it. I think it's on Christmas or around Christmas. So I don't give a shit that buzzes in it. <laughs> oh, yeah. I saw that in the, the commercial. McAllister. They should have the, the close cop. up of his name tag. McAllister. <laughs> but yeah, uh, also speaking of the MMC, uh, we are in the uh, early stages of trying to get them on our show, possibly for a very important episode, a milestone episode, if you will. So more on that later, but uh, yeah, there are exciting uh, things to come. We just not really sure when and where yet. Well, where, I guess on your podcast feed, <laughs> but when I should have said what, right. You know, you, you mentioned a very important episode and you were looking for topics and uh, let me throw this out off, off the top of my head. Top five most important movies <laughs> uh, it'd be even worse with the cultural zeitgeist at this time imagine doing that Ugh. In, in today's climate mm -hmm. <laughs> they'll all be from the last five years <laughs> well no that's that's not true you know there were some you know gay people of color making movies in the 80s so it would have been very important <laughs> would have been some then half, um, the, half the list will be Spike Lee <laughs> he's gay <laughs> I mean I don't know like you don't have to put 
all the qualifiers on them. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's been a while since we've done a recently seen episode. We took a bit of a little break there after our horror extravaganza. So let's uh, remind the listeners how our rating system works and maybe people new to the show. They're like, what the hell does soonish mean? Well, we have a five tiered rating system. You can think of it like a five-star rating system. If you want, it's just a little different. Uh, So the top of the list, the best of the best movies are in the ASAP category. Watch this movie as soon as possible. System is kind of like a way that you can prioritize your viewing. What movie should you watch first? You want to watch the best ones first, right? That's why the best of the best is the ASAP category. So there's movies in there like, you know, Citizen Kane or Pulp Fiction, Clockwork Orange, you know, old, old classics. Eh, once in a while, we'll find a new one in there. We usually put our favorite movies of the year in the ASAP category. And then it's a rarity, but it's happened a couple of times where we've put other films that we've recently seen into that rating category yeah. but uh, yeah that is the tippy top of the list here uh, next step down is the soonish category uh, great films that you need to see soonish there may not be uh, you know the top of the heap the, the classics but uh, they just missed the cut they're pretty close the middle tier is the eventually rating and that's kind of our official stamp of approval uh, we recommend that you watch these movies eventually, at least before you die, or if they're in theaters, we recommend you see it in the theater because that's always the best place to watch a movie. Yeah. At least before you die, because you know, after you die, it's going to be hard to watch those movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, we say, you know, recommend that you watch in theater cause that's the best place. And that's true. Unless you were watching Spencer at Lagoon last week. When a guy just decided to sit one row behind me and snore throughout the entire film, but he was not sleeping, mind you. Oh, that's just how he breathes through his nose. That is a problem. I get to turn it around like this fucking asshole is sleeping. The only reason I didn't yell at him is because he must have some medical problem. Because that's the only way somebody would choose to live their life this way. Because it was. Just breathe out your fucking mouth, dude. Like, what is the deal? <laughs> and you know, That's I got a thing with mouth back. breathers too. You know, there's a lot of people, you know, that could be allowed right. as well. Yes. But it seemed like it was just a struggle to get air through his nose. And I just I couldn't fathom it. I finally, I, I was with the wife and I was like, we got to move to the back. Uh, I can't take this shit anymore. Yeah. And so we, we left. I have no idea what happens in the first 10 minutes. Could not focus. Um, so yeah, more on that later. But yeah, yeah, that's the opposite of my Spencer experience. I went on the opening Friday uh, at like five o'clock, and uh, the only other people in the theater were an elderly couple. <laughs> that was it. It was just the three of us, except for I saw it at the the local theater here with the shitty ass screens. Like <laughs> it was just like splotches all over the screen. It looked terrible. We can barely make out what's going on. This there wasn't a line of people to, to see this movie, all holding Princess Diana beanie babies. 
No, they might have gone to the later showtime. I don't know. <laughs> I forget what else came out that week, but uh, yeah, it was not a, a big hit opening night. All right. Well, the uh, the rating that's second from the bottom is a last resort. Now, there's some movies in here that you and I both like or enjoy, at least. and yeah. uh, But we just can't, I guess, put our stamp of approval on it. And uh, but maybe you you might watch it and really like it, or you know watch it and not like it. There's plenty of them in here uh, that we don't like as well. You know we just didn't hate them enough to put them in the you know the the bottom tier. So uh, yeah, if it's if it's on TV, you know nothing else to watch. Eh, it's a last resort. Go ahead and watch it. Yeah, kind of a mixed bag. Yeah, yeah. The uh, bottom tier is the dreaded never category. Watch these movies, never. The example I always give is Rocky Five. Just don't watch it. Yeah, it takes a special kind of movie to make it into the never category. Yeah, and it's like a lot of people give Rocky Four shit, which I love. I mean, I can understand and maybe call it a, you know, a last resort. But anyways, you know, Stallone just re-edited that film. It is a special director's yeah. cut that came out and he took out the robot. So I am not going <laughs> to submit myself to watching this piece of shit. Okay. I was thinking of getting a ticket to go see that, but like literally every screening of it was basically sold out. Like, like on the Monday before the Thursday showing it's the fight of the century. <laughs> Yeah, it was only in theaters for one night on a Thursday. And like I checked on like Monday or something and it was like all filled. Like the entire theater was filled. Maybe you could get a seat in the in the front row or like a one seat by itself, like on the aisle or something. But yeah, I mean people were packing the theaters for Rocky versus Drago, the director's mm-hmm. cut. He even changed the name. It's actually called Rocky versus Drago, Rocky Four. Mm. Is there a colon in there? Probably. I don't know. I think they've canceled colons. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I refuse to watch that. So, but yeah, it's like Rocky Five has just got awful. Rocky Four might be awful, but there's there's things to enjoy in it. Rocky Five, there's just nothing. The original cut of Rocky Four was pretty sweet, though. We did an episode on it that we did. All right. Well. Let's get into it. What did you see, Clarice? What did you see? I completed the movie challenge for Frenzy. She was signed to me last recently seen episode. So uh, I'll, I'll go first. Let's start off with 2021's Last Night in Soho, directed by Edgar Wright, starring Thomason McKenzie, Anya Taylor Joy, Matt Smith. Diana Rigg, Amy Cassatari, Rita Tushingham, uh, Michael Jow. That's probably good enough for cast. Synopsis. An aspiring fashion designer is mysteriously able to enter the 1960s when she encounters a dazzling, where she encounters a dazzling wannabe singer. But the glamour is not 
all it appears to be and the dreams of the past start to crack and splinter into something darker this is one of my favorite movies of the year let's say mm. straight up i i fucking love this movie the uh the special effects and the visuals were amazing i love the uh just the look of everything the soundtrack was fantastic some of the, the greatest hits of the 60s right up my alley and Mackenzie with her fucking bug eyes <laughs> was great <laughs> she had bug eyes the whole movie like whether she was happy or scared just like eyes bugging out I thought that was great I was distracted uh, every time uh, the song downtown played because I just had Peterman in my head going it's just like the song George no that was not uh, Peterman uh, what's his name um, oh my what God. was his name Shit. Mr. Wilhelm Wilhelm yeah, Peterman was a lane's yes. boss. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like the song, George. Who's uh that's he's also and the guy who sings- played the riot or he played the head of the rival cops in uh, Super Troopers. Oh uh, no, that was Kruger, wasn't it? It was George's other yeah, boss. That, okay. Yeah, that's Kruger. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But it was like another it was like another bald dude. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was uh, the guy who was in Super Troopers. I just saw the episode where, uh, well, he was in like the string of episodes where George saw there was a picture of the guy and his family at the beach and George was in the background. (laughs) And uh, they found out that like (laughs) like Kruger and his and his kids had thrown George's stuff in the ocean. (laughs) And uh, so George George uh, took the photo to get himself airbrushed out of it, and they took the wrong guy out. <laughs> <laughs> so they needed a picture of his boss with his shirt off. I think he was also in the Festivus episode. <laughs> yeah, he had to get an up close um, and personal look. But yeah, in Last Night in Soho, Anya Taylor Joy even sings "Downtown" real slow, like George trying to figure out Wilhelm's clues. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, but yeah, I, I thought it was great. I thought the, uh, like I said, the, the special effects were great. The, the, uh, the look, the visuals were, were some of the, the coolest things I've seen in a while at the movies. I, I liked the story a lot. I even liked the, the third act. I know you, you mentioned that the third act wasn't, uh, wasn't up to snuff. Um, I listened to our friends over at Movie Drone, and even though they liked the movie, they thought the third act was a little weak. Um, but I, I enjoyed it. I liked the twists and the turns that came along with the story. And like I said, one of my favorites of the year so far. Um, and I will give it a WTM soonish. Soonish. All right. Yeah, I would give it a last resort. Uh, there was definitely several things in there that I really liked about it. The style was pretty decent. I did like the the look of it, the look of the 60s. There was just one huge plot hole that I couldn't get past. Now, I'd still watch it again Yeah. for two reasons. One, to see if my opinion would change, but also reason number two to be, okay, was that just going to make sure that that plot hole, I got to confirm that plot hole. <laughs> <laughs> see, see, you mentioned the plot hole to me and I'm like, and you explain it to me like i get where you're coming from but like i didn't i didn't really see it as a plot hole like i i thought like like it didn't seem like it was that like outside of the logic of the movie like i i thought it made sense 
like and it wasn't like you know taking a shit on people who like paid attention for the rest of the movie and they're like fuck you this is uh, the opposite of what you thought it was <laughs> you know that type of thing like uh i think one of the movies you're gonna talk about today was kind of like that yeah but it's just uh, it, it establishes a set of rules and then it breaks one see yeah you say it's, that it's, but it's, I, its own universe has its own set of rules and then it breaks it i feel like it it didn't like the we rules weren't deal. established like like you're you you're you're going harder on the rules that they actually like the rules weren't as hard and fast as as you thought they were is is my opinion but i like i said i understand where you're coming from like i, I get your point uh i just i i saw it differently and like it didn't bother me and in fact i enjoyed it so um and i know like a, a lot of people a lot of people are giving it flack for being like a me too movie but like i mean it's not like preachy or anything like that like it doesn't seem like out of place like it doesn't seem like there's a message or whatever like it's it's not like you know it's not as bad as like people think it's gonna be as far as that aspect is it was cool to see uh, Tracy Bond again, Diana Rigg, in her last performance. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't even recognize her. I didn't. All right. Well, I'm going to talk about a movie also from 2021. It's new on Netflix, Red Notice, directed by Ross and Marshall Thurber. What the hell has this guy done? Directed by Al G. Rhythm. <laughs> <laughs> that it is my friend <laughs> and not alley g rhythm either it's <laughs> it was algae rhythm from space jam 2 yeah. warner brothers is currently suing netflix for stealing their gimmick <laughs> okay so this guy's directed a bunch of rocks films central intelligence skyscraper um he did do we're the millers which i enjoy it's not a rock film, but, and uh, he also did Dodgeball. He did. Wow. He's got some hits and misses. I, I yeah. Uh, cast. We have Dwayne Johnson, Ryan Reynolds, Gal Gadot, Ritu Arya, Chris, uh, I can never get his last name. Uh, Diamantopoulos. He did uh, Mo in Three Stooges movie. That's the only thing I know him from, basically. That and Arrested Development. Hmm. Um, Ivan Mbakup. Mbakup. Right, you can probably more, stop right there. Yeah, there's some more <laughs> names I'm going to struggle through, so we'll just stop it there. Uh, synopsis. An Interpol agent tracks the world's most wanted art thief. So, That's the whole synopsis? Yeah, well, there's a bunch. There's a, there's another one that's like two paragraphs, but oh yeah, not worth it. Uh, so yeah, the art thief in question is Ryan Reynolds. He also has a rival art thief played by Gal Gadot, and Dwayne Johnson is a FBI profiler that's working with Interpol to try and catch him, basically. Yeah. So this is a crime heist caper type of film a con man film uh but yeah it's it's an algorithm film as you alluded to earlier (laughs) 
checks all the boxes with the uh the stars in it i think um, they even they even used a scene from jumanji in it <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're gonna slide this in and see if anybody notices <laughs> There were things in it that entertained me. There's a couple of funny things from Ryan Reynolds, but by and large, this is very forgettable. I mean, they, they set things up for a sequel as they are want to do. I guess uh, maybe I'd watch it as a last resort, the sequel. I do enjoy Ryan Reynolds quite a bit. Every time I see The Rock now, like more and more, I'm just like, God, he is just not good at acting, is he? Just not at all. Well, like he gets by on his charisma. Yeah, the character he plays in every movie is always the same. Not great. Like, like it depends on the movie whether it fits or not. Like in Jungle Cruise, it seemed to fit a lot better, but he plays like more or less the same character. In Southland Tales, it fits. (laughs) Well, Southland Tales was like, (laughs) yeah, Southland Tales was like one where he actually tried to act. Yeah. Like he, uh, you know whatever but um yeah i actually saw it in the theater this red notice movie because mm. uh my brother was in town and he's like let's go see a movie and i'm like i'm out of amc <laughs> i'm out of amc a list for the week let's go check the other chain to see if there's something that amc doesn't have and they had red notice playing and uh so we went to see that i think there was uh three other people in the theater with us because everyone was at home watching it on Netflix. <laughs> it was a Thursday afternoon. I think it was, it was before it was on Netflix. It was like a day or two before it got on there. But uh, yeah, yeah, it seems, yeah, it it seems like the, every time The Rock is in a movie, he's just representing his brand. And his, his ex-wife produces everything that he does. <laughs> so weird. Like his ex-wife married his personal trainer. It's such a weird dynamic. Mm. Like, it's so weird. <laughs> so it, is he like a bit of a cuck or what, what's the deal? I don't know. I think he's got a new wife now. So yeah. I don't know. But uh, I don't know. Is it spoilers to say that I was surprised that him and Ryan Reynolds weren't making out at the end of the movie? <laughs> <laughs> we'll let that slide. That's spoiler. Because it seemed like it was going that way. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this is largely forgettable. There was a couple of action set pieces that were okay until they were ruined by CGI, basically. Take, well, talk take you about, out of it. You were talking about plot holes. It, Red Notice had some giant plot holes. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, just stuff they just didn't even show you and just like. Hey, you didn't know about this twist because we lied to you. Because <laughs> it didn't happen. <laughs> or like, like, remember when he said this? Oh, <laughs> off camera, he was actually doing this. Right. <laughs> like this, this, this room is impenetrable, but somebody's wait, you know, just walked right in through the walls or something. <laughs> 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 it's, it's not good. It's as if she evaporated straight through the walls. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, 
So you gave that a last resort? Yeah, that is a last resort. I, I agree with that. That's a last resort. What else have you seen? All right. Let's speed this up so we can get to a good movie like Frenzy. All right. <laughs> here's, here's another 2021 movie. Which I, all my movies are 2021 today. It's Marvel's latest, Eternals. Oh, good for you. And how was it? <laughs> the uh, long-awaited, uh, directed by Chloe Zhao, starring Gemma Chan, Richard Madden, Angelina Jolie, Selma Hayek, Kit Harrington, Kamel Nanjiani, Leah McHugh, Brian Tyree Henry, Lauren Ridloff, Barry Kean, uh, Ma Dong Siak. Oh, he's, he's credited as Don Lee. I should have just said Don Lee. Uh, Harish Patel, Bill Skarsgård. Oh my, it's like everybody's in this movie. Uh, synopsis The Saga of the Eternals, a race of immortal beings who lived on Earth and shaped its history and civil- civilizations. This movie's pretty boring. <laughs> kind of you don't say. <laughs> kind of sucks. Um, Everybody's raving about the diversity in it too, but it doesn't really make sense in the storyline. Like the celestial being sent all these uh, diverse characters down to Earth like 7,000 years ago to fight off like monsters. And then they just left them to live there, uh, you know, until modern times. And then uh, they got to decide whether humans are worth saving or not. And, you know, the gay black dude's like, yeah, humans are the best. <laughs> I've lived here for 7,000 years. And I love humans. <laughs> and I'm like, that doesn't, I, I don't know if that. Something doesn't out. track here. <laughs> but then, like, they go to all these, like, major civilizations throughout. They, you know, they keep doing all these flashbacks to different civilizations that they've, they've lived in, and like everybody just accepts them as they are, even though like they don't, they don't like fit the culture or anything like that. So I thought, like, that doesn't, that doesn't really seem to fit with actual human history. But yeah, I mean, a lot of the movie is just like kind of, like I said, flashbacks to try to build up the backstory. And then they have some like, love stories and stuff like that mixed in you know it was like a, a typical marvel movie um and it's it's not even worth seeing uh but i'll give it a last resort it's a last resort all right i saw a little film on peacock called halloween kills from 2021 directed by david gordon green starring jamie lee curtis judy greer andy medichick james jude courtney and nick castle is back as the shape for a couple <laughs> of select scenes basically aaron armstrong will Patton, thomas mann jim cummings dylan arnold robert longstreet and anthony michael hall and charles cyphers 
And Michael yeah, McDonald. I was say Michael McDonald. I'll, I'll mention his name because I wish he was in more things. I don't know how he missed the boat from like he was like the guy on Mad TV for like five years. Yeah. And just didn't translate to movies for some reason. Yeah, he's done a couple things. I can't even remember the last thing he did, but I know he, he made it in a couple movies, but it was always like supporting roles. He was in that Melissa McCarthy movie Spy. He's really funny in there. Yeah, i never seen that. And then, um, yeah, that's it. I mean, I, until this. It's like, that's the only thing I can remember him from. Synopsis. The saga of Michael Myers and Laurie Strode continues in the next thrilling chapter of the Halloween series. Thrilling. That's awfully presumptuous. <laughs> <laughs> so you and I both enjoyed the 2018 David Gordon Green Halloween film, correct? Yeah, I, I saw that. Uh, I actually saw it at the theater the week before Halloween Kills came out. It was a surprise AMC. Mm. And I think yeah. I'd liked it better the first time I watched it. Like uh, the second yeah. time, like it was easier to pick it apart a little more. Yeah. Like the plot holes and stuff, like in relation to the original. But yeah, I mean, it, was, it was good enough. Yeah, I, mean, I didn't think it was great, but I didn't think I gave it like an eventually. But anyways, I also only think that one worked by itself. As soon as they said, we're going to make two more of these, I said, mm, I don't like that. <laughs> and uh, right. Yeah, this is a good example of why that wasn't a good idea. <laughs> uh, there were a couple of things that I enjoyed in here. Uh, there's a fun drinking game to play with <laughs> this drink every time Anthony Michael Hall said evil dies tonight. Evil dies tonight. <laughs> there was a couple of things in here where I think David Gordon Green is, you know, uh, acting based, <laughs> but it's just not worth it. You know, Michael Myers is a homophobe because he killed a gay couple. <laughs> I mean, he, he's, he's killed. He's killed literally dozens of straight white guys, mm-hmm. <laughs> but he kills one gay couple. He's a homophobe. <laughs> you know, I haven't gone back through all the Halloween films and to see like when he kills a, a person of color first. But yeah, you know, he's not considered racist because you know he's killed people of color. There's an interracial couple in Halloween Kills. Is he woke? Or is he racist? <laughs> <laughs> uh, the debate of our time. Michael Myers. Poke <laughs> or bigot. <laughs> a couple of things at the end I still kind of enjoyed, but it's just, it's few and far between. There isn't really a lot of tension in here. Just a lot of gore and him walking around killing people and wasn't very many interesting camera shots like in that 2018 one there's that cool tracking shot it's like a minute and a half or two minutes where you follow michael on his little journey of killing yeah <laughs> like getting yeah. out of the house and whatnot that's pretty cool but there's isn't a lot of isn't a lot to like in this one so i'll give it a last resort it's a last resort i agree with that so i saw that one at the dolby theater Mm-hmm. And like, I don't know, probably over an hour in, 
like a group of three people came in with their cell phones on like flashlights looking for their seats and they sit down and it's like just getting to the climax and they sit there and they watch the rest of the movie you know they come in over an hour late and then uh, on the way out they they were uh, right in front of me as I was leaving and it was an older couple with a special needs kid Mm-hmm. Probably like a like a like an adult special needs person, and uh, the the guy looks at his phone. He's like, "Oh, we're in six. We're supposed to be in seven. We went into the <laughs> went into the wrong theater and sat there for like a half an hour and didn't figure out they were in the wrong theater." Wow, <laughs> it's like it was an awfully short movie. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, wow so like I, I don't know i thought it was funny luckily for them or maybe unluckily for them there was uh, nobody in the seats that they thought they were supposed to be in but uh oh it was funny but yeah Halloween kills was uh kind of unnecessary like like why why do you need to do two more movies when the second one is just filler yeah plus laurie strode doesn't do shit <laughs> monologues from the hospital <laughs> <laughs> she sure does um anyways on to my next movie from 2021 antlers been waiting on this movie for almost two years been watching the trailer for it since 2019 finally came out uh directed by scott cooper starring carrie russell jesse plemons Jeremy T. Thomas, Graham Green, Scott Hayes, Rory Cochran, Amy Madigan, Sawyer Jones. Rory Cochran of Days of Confused fame. Is it? Yeah, he's also in Argo. <laughs> it's like okay. the only things I know him from. He's Slaterson in uh, uh, Days of Confused, the stoner. Okay. I don't know if I would recognize him. I don't even know. I just know the name. (laughs) Anyways, Uh, synopsis in an isolated Oregon town, a middle school teacher and her sheriff brother become embroiled with her enigmatic student whose dark secrets lead to terrifying encounters with an ancestral creature. Talk about great movie theater experiences. This movie, uh, not one, but two people's cell phones rang during the movie. <laughs> one guy answered his phone uh, during during the film. And then uh, later, uh, one of their phones uh, had notification beeps going off. And then uh, the other guy's phone rang again. <laughs> Because they didn't turn the ringers off after the first time, because they don't give a fuck. Um, but it was a uh, the movie itself is pretty good. I, I really liked it. Um, it's very dark. It's a very dark movie, but um, it's a really interesting story based uh, apparently on Native American folklore. At least they they say it is. But uh, yeah, it was uh, it was really good. Uh, tension kind of building up to the the reveal of the creature 
which you're uh you're always kind of worried about how that creature is gonna look but it looks fucking amazing this is a is one of the the best creature designs i've seen in a long time yeah overall i i really enjoyed it and i would say uh wtm eventually for antlers eventually all right love jesse plemons and stuff he's he's representing us uh average ordinary fat guys <laughs> <laughs> it's funny i was just uh you know the wife and i rewatched breaking bad so then we had to watch the movie afterwards yeah. I, i've seen it before but she hadn't seen the movie so we watched the movie i got a big kick out of it watching jesse plemons again play the younger <laughs> version of himself except he's like 50 pounds heavier <laughs> He just keeps getting bigger, but he's he's such a great actor. Yeah, like he's he's almost always the best thing that he's in. Like every movie, he's like the best character. Yeah, it's fun in Game Night. Oh yeah, he's amazing in Game Night. Like mm-hmm. that's one of his best roles for sure. And Fargo, he's really good. The Master, the Irish. Well, he doesn't man. have a big part in the Master, but he's pretty good in the Irishman. Yeah, he's like the dumb son. all right well i alluded to it earlier but i saw spencer 2021 directed by pablo lorraine starring Kristen stewart as princess diana timothy spall jack nealon freddie spry jack farthing sean harris stella gonay or Gonet, I'm guessing it's Gonet, but British. So you're like, well, maybe not. <laughs> Probably Gonet. <laughs> uh, Richard Samuel and Elizabeth Barrington. Synopsis during her Christmas holidays with the royal family at the Sandringham estate. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> uh, Mark and Steve, if I'm fucking these names up. <laughs> Just deal with it, okay? So it's okay. They they cast an American actress to play Princess Diana. We already won. (laughs) (laughs) And the other real princess just became American, so she rejected the crown. She stole the one of the princes out of the uh, the royal family. Yeah. Little do they know, we don't want them either. (laughs) No. But uh, yeah, so Christmas holidays with the royal family at the Sandringham estate in Norfolk, England. Diana Spencer, struggling with mental health problems, decides to end her decade-long marriage to Prince Charles. I didn't know a whole lot about this going in. I just knew that it was a fictionalized account of a real event. I guess that real event being, yeah, she spent the holidays with her family at this estate. Yeah, I, d- I didn't even realize it was going to be that. I thought it was going to be like a big epic biopic. Yeah. And here it is, like the, a real small, intimate uh, three-day weekend or whatever, however you want to, three-day holiday. And spoiler alert, you know, they there isn't a voiceover. She doesn't narrate it. At the very end of the film, she does not say, I'm going to divorce Prince Charles. So <laughs> 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 that's not where the story goes. 
you have to you have to infer it <laughs> yeah you have to really on the rest of the movie <laughs> because i th- i think i know why the synopsis isn't very accurate because if you put an actual synopsis it'd be hard to even do that because it isn't there isn't much of a plot this isn't really uh-huh. a movie no it's it's definitely uh i don't know what you call it a character study yeah like just like a it's like a slice of life type of thing like uh, here's here's something that happened one time because uh yeah like it mentions mental health problems now i don't know to the extent of how much of that was real and eating disorder that was depicted so i mean that was kind of new to me because i mean she died when i was 11 so i mean i still remember her pretty well growing up you know, everyone just adored her throughout the world. Right. But I guess I never really heard about mental health issues or eating disorders. So I guess I t- take all that with a grain of salt. And I thought Kristen Stewart was, was, did, did a good job, but the movie just doesn't go anywhere. Didn't do much for me. Yeah. It took me a while to settle into it. Um, Oh, that Kristen Stewart did a, a really good job with it, though. But uh, like by the end, it kind of won me over once I kind of figured out what it was. Yeah. But uh, uh, I, I don't know if it's good enough to to recommend. Like everybody yeah. go see it. Um, but you know, by the end, like once I kind of got into it, like oh, this is actually pretty good. Yeah, there were some things, especially towards the end, that I actually did really like. Uh, <laughs> that. Uh... Uh, the joyride in the car was pretty cool <laughs> with the song in the background. Yeah. Song choice. Sure. Uh, but uh, yeah, maybe I feel differently if I could tell you what happens in the first 10 minutes, but I can't. So maybe I'd have a different opinion if I was, if the movie had my complete focus throughout its entirety. But right. uh, for now, I'm going to have to give it a last resort. That's a last resort. I agree with last resort. Um. Like the beginning of the movie, like it just starts. Like, like it doesn't even feel like, like the movie is getting going, and then like all of a sudden you're in thirty minutes in, mm-hmm. like because it's, uh, like it starts with the the hired help getting ready for the the family, the royal family to arrive, and like the family arrives one by one, and then Diana's driving herself and she gets lost. And like you're almost a half an hour in by the time like anything happens, and like you're like you're just sitting there waiting for the movie to start, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> and it's like, oh, I guess this is how it's gonna be. Like and Prince Charles isn't in it too much either. I really wanted more scenes with Charles and Diana, and there isn't Dick for that basically. Right. It's it's very much about her feeling isolated, like yeah. literally and figuratively from the royal family. <laughs> Uh, apropos of frenzy, you know how the English have famously bad food? Well, in Spencer, it's just the opposite. You know, they save the best for the royal family with the cooking and all the food that's available to them. And then I watch Frenzy and all the food <laughs> that the, that the uh, detective's wife cooks for him. And I'm like, that seems like what the commoners are eating. <laughs> That's not even, I mean, it's even too gross for him. But 
we'll talk I about it, it was funny like, but yeah 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 we'll talk about when we get into frenzy but the contrast was was sharp between those two films and their food depictions but the funny thing is in frenzy like she's taking like a french <laughs> cooking class or something so like she thinks it's like the height of sophisticated cooking like, mm-hmm. <laughs> but you're right yes for sure all right uh what's the last film you're going to talk about there's a here's another 2021 movie. Uh, it's called Belfast. Uh, if you believe the advertising, it's one of the best movies of the year, no doubt. Because <laughs> <laughs> I say that in every. When every did No ad. Doubt become film critics? <laughs> <laughs> it's comma No Doubt, There's... not hyphen No Doubt. Okay, I thought it was hyphen No Doubt. <laughs> <laughs> It's like everybody but Gwen. Like they, they couldn't cut it as a musical act, so they got into film criticism. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it was just the official No Doubt Twitter account, just like <laughs> Belfast, one of the best movies of the year. Hyphen No Doubt. It's <laughs> uh, so directed by Kenneth Branagh. Uh, it stars Jude Hill, Lewis uh, McCaskey. Katriana Balfe, I don't know, it's an Irish name. Jamie Dorman or Jamie Dornan, sorry. Judy Dench, uh, Sirion Hins or Hines, Josie Walker, Freya Yates, uh, Nessa Erickson, a bunch of people with no pictures, uh, uh, Ian Dunnett Jr., Michael Maloney. Laura McDonald. That's pretty good for the cast. Synopsis. A young boy and his working class family experienced the tumultuous late 1960s. So, yeah, I mean, this is pretty uh, straightforward, like period family drama. There's a, there's an uprising in Belfast as the uh, Protestants are trying to drive the Catholics out. And it's uh it's come to the street of this uh, this family who kind of has like a, a mixed neighborhood of, of Catholics and uh, Protestants. And it's uh, it's kind of told through the eyes of the, the youngest boy of the family who, uh, who did a great job, actually. He's really good in it. Um, Jude Hill plays uh, Buddy. Buddy from Belfast. <laughs> Everybody knows Buddy from Belfast. So yeah, it's it's got you know some family drama. It uh, it it's kind of shown through the eyes of Buddy um, and his uh, just like dealing with everyday life with like chaos going on around you. Like they they barricade their street and there's like barbed wire that you have to go around to to get out into the neighborhood. And uh, this thirty eighth in Chicago, you're talking about? <laughs> not quite. <laughs> Might as well be, but uh, yeah. And then they, uh, you know, they have to decide: do they do they stay in Belfast because that's all they know, or or do they move on to somewhere else where it might be safer? But you know, it's the unknown. So, I really enjoyed it. It's not necessarily something that I would normally go for. Um, it seems like it it probably should or will 
possibly get Oscar nominations. Like it seems like that type of movie. Yeah, it's got um, some it's buzz. In black and white. It's in black and white with uh few exceptions, which uh really stand out. Uh, and uh yeah, I really enjoyed it. Um I don't know if it's something that it would get to the level of a soonish for me, but uh, I think I'm going to give it a an eventually. Eventually. All right. Well, you challenged me to watch the movie Frenzy from 1972, directed by Alfred Hitchcock, starring John Finch, Barry Foster, Barbara Lee Hunt. I was just trying to look that up now. She's got to be related to Janet Lee somehow or married um, someone else. Uh, Anna Massey, Alec McCowan, McCowan, Vivian Merchant, Billy Whiteclaw, Whitelaw, sorry, Clive Swift, Bernard Cribbins. I think that'll do it for the cast. Synopsis. A serial murderer is strangling women with a necktie. The London police have a suspect, but he is the wrong man. Tell them what the, the Blu-ray box says on the back as the uh, the marketing. <laughs> movie trivia. Yeah. This movie trivia, which I took to mean like, oh, there's a section in the special features that says movie trivia. <laughs> Just on the back of the case, it says movie trivia. This is the only Hitchcock film to feature a nude scene. <laughs> there's actually a couple of them yeah there's a couple good looking nudes real turn on those scenes <laughs> i don't know if you could say that uh given the context of, of which they you think? happen <laughs> they're lovely lovely they're, lovely, they're lovely. <laughs> um yeah this is a pretty terrific hitchcock film uh, it's nice that i was able to he challenged me to watch another Hitchcock because he's someone that I've seen uh, an embarrassingly low amount of his films. I think I've only seen Psycho and North by Northwest and uh, what else? Maybe like one other one. Yeah, I was I was kind of the same way up till a couple of years ago. I started watching a bunch of his movies. But a lot of them too are like once at this point, if you haven't seen them, like you've probably seen clips or heard about them. So yeah, it's almost like you have. So that's kind of the thing, and it's like I haven't seen Rear Window, but I know, I know Rear Window. (laughs) Yeah. Some of them, it it takes a couple times to like, like on the second or third watch, I I start to really kind of enjoy them more because it's not like. Oh, I've seen this before. Like I, I'm not anticipating it as much, you know. Yeah. Having you know not seen it, but like knowing what's coming. But I don't know. That's that's yeah. just me. And I like all his films a lot, so so it's not a problem there. It's just yeah, it's just I I know everyone's copying him so much. And I prefer I prefer the De Palma Hitchcock yeah. to the Hitchcock. <laughs> I don't, but. I tend to watch more De Palma Hitchcock than I do Hitchcock. I mean, we, we just did three De Palmas, uh, three three episodes on De Palma movies that might as well be Hitchcock movies. Yeah. 
Don't say that to him though. All right. Uh, so yeah, this is, uh, another great Hitchcock thriller mistaken identity. Go figure wrong place at the wrong Hitchcock film. No. Uh, yeah. Good performances. Um, it was interesting to see a nude scene in Hitchcock film. He gets right up in there too. Yeah. Nice and tight. (laughs) (laughs) Did they come off a little strong? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if there's anything tight about what was on, on the screen, but maybe that necktie. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That was nice and tight. But uh, yeah, um, yeah, I would definitely recommend this. I will give it a soonish. Soonish. It's Hitchcock, you know. What can go it's wrong? Good stuff. This is one you don't hear about very often either. It's uh, it's one of the ones that like I I almost I don't know if I've heard anybody talk about Frenzy before. Yeah, it's one of his later films, and remember De Palma, I think talking about it and inspiring Dress to Kill. Is that what it was? I think um, I think so. Body double mentioned it as a uh, connection. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely uh, there's some plot elements. It's more similar to body double, but I think like we heard Palma say something like he was inspired by Frenzy to do Dress to Kill, or like when he was writing Dress to Kill and whatnot. I, yeah. Either way, uh, they're all uh, it's all Hitchcock. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, the Palma plucked from a lot of different Hitchcock movies for each of those ones. Um, so yeah, definitely an inspiration. All right. Well, I have to challenge you to watch something for next time. This is a challenge. And I'm gonna try something a little different here. I'm going to challenge you to a movie that I haven't seen myself. I've seen like the first 20 minutes, but it doesn't count. So a couple of weeks ago, it was the 35th anniversary of a film called soul man. I'm 86. Yeah. Good year. 86. As I've alluded to many times, there was an article about this in uh, Yahoo. And uh, <laughs> this is the latest edition of this film cannot be made today. <laughs> Basic premise is uh, an affluent white student poses as a black man to get into Harvard. Where's blackface? So yeah, where can it go wrong? But uh, I've heard from numerous people that it's a sneaky good movie. And like, you know, Blazing Saddles couldn't be made today, but that doesn't detract from the fact that it's an incredible film with uh, important things to say about race. So who's to say that this one doesn't? James Earl Jones is in it. I'm going to hear him out. We'll see what he has to say. You mentioned this movie to me a year or two ago. I, that's how I heard, first heard yeah, about I, it. I probably brought it up several times, um, but it's one like you can never like, I, I guess you could probably pay to watch it somewhere, but like, or like rent it mm-hmm. or something, but it's like one that never pops up on streaming services and it's never on the premium channels and yeah. like the the physical media there's a lot of hoops i had to jump yeah. through on the internet to get a dvd yeah, copy. The physical media is hard to find so yeah i guess we'll both see if it's, <laughs> if it's worth it i mean you you say it couldn't be made today but 
Um, I think if you follow Ibram X Candy's Twitter, you might be surprised, you know, how how relevant it might still be, given that he yeah. tweeted out a story about white students pretending to be minorities to get into college <laughs> and it <laughs> working. <laughs> It is funny. It seems to happen once every about 18 months or so. There'll be a little thing trending on Twitter, like Robert Downey Jr. There's like a new portion of the populace on Twitter just found out he did blackface in Tropic yeah. Thunder. I can't believe he did that. He was nominated for an Oscar? It what? was like his best role, too. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was an amazing performance. Like that, that and... Uh... Natural born killers, like he's fantastic in. And then I, I'm like, man, I can't wait to see this new Robert Downey Jr. movie. And it's like he just plays himself. I'm like, what the fuck is this shit? <laughs> <laughs> so you can't tell me that blackface can't be useful in a certain. He, he drops the R word in uh, in Tropic Thunder too. Yeah, hard R. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean, you people? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so yeah i guess we'll we'll see how soul man is yeah it's been on my my uh radar for a long time but uh, never never gotten a chance to see it so this is great all right well we're still going to talk about frenzy a little more with spoilers after we kind of wrap up the show so uh, why don't you tell the folks at home where they can get some lovely merch you can go to wtm watch this movie dot creator dash spring.com and check that out i think we may i haven't looked at it in a while i got an email from spring on my positively wolfy account saying that they've uh discontinued some items so yeah i don't know which ones they they are they didn't say in an email but uh so we we might not have as much selection as we once did but uh Mm -hmm. i'm sure there's a lot of stuff out there if they discontinued stuff, I'm sure it's stuff that wasn't selling anyways. Yeah, it's basically a way to support the show until we get paid. Uh, um, what am I thinking of? Sponsors? Are we getting sponsors? No. What you, when you subscribe, pay like a dollar a oh, month. Oh, Patreon? Patri- Patreon? Yeah, until we get a Patreon, this is the way you can support the show. Until we get enough listeners to necessitate a Patreon. This is what you can do. And you could also, in addition, you could, uh, you know, maybe gift it to somebody. There you go. The holidays are coming up. And then then you're supporting the show in multiple ways because you're spreading the word to your friends Mm -hmm. through the gifts while also purchasing items from our store. I mean, I'm walking around with that shirt on that says, ask me about my podcast. So. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i'm literally wearing our logo right now you are you are yeah so go ahead and check that stuff out and you can reach out to us you can email us at watch this movie at yahoo.com follow us on twitter at watch this underscore movie and brett at positively wolf one check out our website at wtm watch this movie.com and please rate and review subscribe on apple podcasts Stitcher, Spotify, and many other podcast apps. Let's uh, get into a little more frenzy discussion. So let's talk about the food. I will say that that breakfast looked pretty good. And that the way that the detective was eating that breakfast was very calculated, but very tasty looking. 
This is like dipping the, I guess you call them bangers, right? Sausage. Sure. I have to ask Steve and Mark. I think you call so, sausages uh, bangers. Bangers proper, and mash. Ang- proper English breakfast. You got to eat it mm-hmm. three times a day. <laughs> yeah. If you, if, you, <laughs> if you eat bread or something, it's got to be that English breakfast three times a day. It's probably because that's the only good food in England is breakfast. Yes. <laughs> well, especially in that guy's house. He's like, I get, I get to eat English breakfast anytime I, I get the chance when I'm outside the house because I can't eat at home. I was so relieved when the detective like looked disgusted at the food. I was like, oh, good. It's not just me. So I was like, oh, this must be like some English shit that they're going to. Because she comes out with that pot, you know, and she put so much work into it. Yeah. And she's solving well, the case by not even like, you know, just listening. Just, she's multitasking, you know, listening to him cooking. Got a souffle even, going. Yeah. She's not even eating it herself. She's just like, I got three more courses coming. <laughs> oh man yeah that yeah. Uh, the, the rape scene was a little jarring with the uh, lovely lovely <laughs> oh yeah yeah that was uh that, that stuck with me that yeah that scene of him just going lovely lovely <laughs> yeah. lovely and she's just like trying to give him money and stuff and it's like he's not here for money yeah but uh I mean, how about like the guy comes to see his ex-wife at her business and uh, the door's locked, so he leaves and her secretary sees him coming out and just happens to go back in and find her dead on the floor. And uh, so now he's suspect number one. I mean, that's scary shit that that could happen. Yeah. Just circumstances. I'm going to look up that Barbara Lee Hunt. Probably married to Mike. <laughs> I was just looking at that. It, she's like the uh, the godmother for Judy Dench's kid. Is uh, about as famous as a guy to look like. So yeah, not. I thought she'd be related to Janet Lee, but doesn't seem to be the case. Yeah, I could just see uh, Hitchcock directing that scene. Like, all right, get those titties out. I'm gonna get a nice <laughs> tight close up on them. <laughs> I uh, should have mentioned earlier, but there was a lot of cool and fascinating camera shots in this film, especially after he kills the waitress, which it doesn't show, but then the camera pulls back. Does that long pullback where it goes down hmm. the stairs and reverse, you know, and out the door. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Cause they, you know, they don't have steady cam yet. This is 72 or seven, maybe even 71 when they're making it. Um, so that was, it was, you, I mean, you could tell it wasn't steady cam because it wasn't perfectly still, but it was damn near perfect. Yeah. Much as you can get with people walking up and down stairs with a big camera. Yeah. Great stuff. Everything was choreographed perfectly. Actors walking across the screen, a lot of the extras and everything was moving perfectly. Perfect composition on a Hitchcock shots i mean i know it sounds crazy but um yeah the it was pretty funny how the wife just you know figures everything out and has to explain it to the her detective husband <laughs> i think that he uh you know you take his uh his uh, tie pin out mm-hmm 
to uh, to do the rapes or whatever. And then he would pick his teeth. He's always eaten before his rapes. Like he's just eating fruit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he has to pick his teeth. And then. Uh, well, he works in produce, right? That's his. That's yeah. His yeah. Yeah. He was working at like the, the like farmer's sold, market or whatever. Yeah, sold yeah. fruits or whatever. And then uh, like he threw the one the one body on the potato truck and then realized that uh, that his pin was missing and he had to go jump in and get it. I mean, that was a heck of a scene there. We are right in yeah. the back of the truck and like the fucking gate falls down and all the potatoes are falling out and mm-hmm. like breaking her, her fingers. He's got to literally pry it from her cold, dead hands. Yeah. <laughs> yeah those tight pins, those are something else. Stop. Cause I don't think there's been, you know, those haven't been fashionable and probably since the seventies. And, uh, even then it, yeah, even back then it didn't seem like it was that common. Like it seemed like it was just like a, uh, like a signature of, uh, of his. Yeah. Cause I'm thinking like you fall or something, you could like stick yourself with that pretty good. Right. Cause it was just, it seemed like it was just loose in there. It's just a needle. That's. You know, like you're wearing a corsage and chest. You're like, oh, this works. But you're always worrying, like, if you fall or something, like, I'm going to get stuck. You always have to have somebody else uh, pin it to you. Yeah. At the end, I got to say, I might have missed something earlier. But uh, so in the beginning, when he introduces uh, the main character to his mother, he's like, say hi to my mom. He must have just said, you know, she's in from out of town or she came to visit or something. So I wasn't yeah. sure if she was like living there or maybe there for the weekend or something like that. Yeah. Cause at the said- end, I thought he started like beating the mother was, I thought the mother was sleeping. <laughs> and he was going to like murder her and they get caught for her murder. No, <laughs> no. Like he, he said his mom was just like visiting. She's like, she's visiting for the first time or something like that. And yeah. I so figured I think she, she must have been out. visiting because he had never met her before. Yeah. But yeah. I was like, oh, maybe she's still there. Like, or maybe she just came back to visit another weekend. And then like he's maybe. beating her because like he didn't seem to ever. I mean, I guess he did kill the waitress in his apartment. But I probably forgot about that at the time because I'm like, oh, he just kills people out and about and then he disposes of the bodies. And well, but, like the the one person he killed outside of his apartment he just left there it was the, the yeah. lonely hearts club lady um but like at the beginning he he threw somebody in the uh in the river yeah you know they're doing the so that's what i was kind of thinking like he must typically do this away from his apartment right so i don't know how she got in the river but and then like the one got stuck in the, the potato truck <laughs> which which we already mentioned and then, uh, yeah, the other one, he was like pulling a trunk up the stairs, you know, yeah. to, to dispose of her. So, um, I wonder if he would just like, God, I wonder how many people he, he would just put in those trucks. Like, I would think at some point you would get caught if you keep doing it the same way. Yeah. But that was a pretty great scene where like he, like the the cop follows uh, the wrong man in, 
and mm-hmm. uh, he you think he's gonna get like framed again, and then uh, they they finally smarten up that it was uh, it was the other guy who was doing it, you know, mm-hmm. and they they finally get him. Yeah, lots of good tension, several scenes. I forgot that he actually got uh, tried and found guilty. Yeah, yeah. I was like, that was a quick trial, like you know, quick part. And of the he movie. threw himself down the he threw himself down the stairs to get in the infirmary so he could escape the prison. Was it was funny because at first I thought he was just trying to run away and he tripped. And just took a wicked digger down the stairs. So <laughs> after I was like, oh, yeah, this is a pretty smart idea to get into the hospital and then get out. He just walks out the front door. He just puts on the the doctor's coat. And just walks out the yeah. front door. That was great. Good stuff. I don't know what else. Uh, is, is there anything else you wanted to, to kind of bring up? Um, it's It's been a while since uh, I watched it maybe over a month ago now. So I'm not, yeah. not uh, having the best recall at the moment. No, that's fine. Um, I think we talked about the most important things. Some of the funnier aspects with the food. But yeah, a great film all around. Definitely worth checking out. Like we said, not one that you hear about much uh, in regards to uh, Hitchcock's filmography, but mm-hmm. uh, definitely worth the attention. But it has that fun fact about it. <laughs> Hitchcock filmed a feature in nude scene. I mean, that sold me, right? <laughs> there, there wasn't a shower scene in this film. No. But then again, that was more of a De Palma thing than a Hitchcock thing. <laughs> Hitchcock did it once, and the Paul was like, "That's my signature." Okay, I got to do it in every movie, sometimes <laughs> twice. <laughs> it won't get old, I promise. Does it for me? All right. Well, we will check you later. Guess we'll see you around. All right. Check you later. Bye. Bye. Man, why are you always such a dork, man? What are you talking about? Check you later. Check you later. Hey, man, you're off my case.